Our speaker today is Eche Amole, co-founder of Afropolitan Nation, a groundbreaking network comprising the best that Africa and its diaspora offer across art, finance, technology and media. Afropolitan Nation aims to establish itself as the first internet country known as the network state. From quitting a legal career to founding a digital nation, Eche's talk is titled Unlocking Abundance for Africans Through Reflection and Choice. And here is his audacious dream and the journey that he's on. Let's listen to Eche. I grew up as part of the first generation of young African immigrants who broke into tech in the San Francisco, Silicon Valley Bay Area, right? My friends in the African community worked at mostly companies like Google, Facebook and Uber, and had six-figure salaries that a lot of our immigrant parents could only dream of at a young age, right? <laughs> As a community, we came together through Afrobeats events and represented multiple nationalities from across Africa. Rwandans, Ethiopians, Nigerians, Ghanaians, Kenyans, Senegalese, Eritreans, Zambians, you get the drift, right? We got along as a community and there were rarely any tribal disputes. As time passed, I realized that the level of abundance in the Bay Area for young African immigrants in tech contributed to this lack of disputes. When everyone around you earns a six-figure salary, there's nothing to fight over. <laughs> when we would go out to restaurants, people would be fighting to put their cards on the table to pay for the group meal, right? Because they could afford to now cover it and they were living in an abundant state. In terms of hobbies, I witnessed my African friends. Some of them became plant dads and plant moms. In Africa, some of these friends, they could not even imagine becoming a plant dad or a mom. They're stuck in a survival mindset. But now in an environment of abundance, they could afford to tend for a simple plant. I have a friend, Stanley, I, I've been in his house. He wakes up each morning, he picks up a tub of water. He goes and waters the 63 plants in his home. I'm like, Stanley, this same Stanley from Abba, when you were in Nigeria, what plants were you tending to? <laughs> But you see, this is what survival does to people. When you're moving out of scarcity, you don't have the temperament to even care about a hobby or to even care about a plant. When you're not moving from a scarcity mindset, you can start to achieve absolute human flourishing, right? Area, witness firsthand what abundance unlocks for us as Africans. The African diaspora community in the Bay Area serves as a sandbox of what's possible when we unlock abundance at scale. When our basic needs as Africans are taken care of and people feel they can thrive, they aspire for more. This brings me to our mission at Afropolitan, right? The best way to think about the Afropolitan journey is to think about it in three phases. Phase one of Afropolitan is an organization out of law school in 2016, catering to the Africans in the diaspora in the Bay Area. Think Afrobeats parties, concerts, festivals. We helped introduce a lot of your favorite Afrobeats artists to the US, right? Our community was made up of founders, investors, and operators based in the Bay Area, as well as on the continent. A significant highlight of what we achieved during phase one was the year of return that happened in Ghana in 2019. In 2019, we facilitated about a million plus people heading to Ghana, and it generated about $2 billion worth of economic activity in Ghana. Two of Afropolitan then starts in 2020, where we looked to replicate the year of return in Ghana, but COVID happened. COVID forced us to pivot, and we pivoted into a media platform called Clubhouse. So on Clubhouse, between I and my co-founder, Chica, we built an online community on there of about 200,000 people collectively. On Clubhouse, we were able to organize around shared values and purpose. 
the community showed a capacity for collective action. We were able to fund causes like the NSARS protests or police brutality protests in Lagos. We were also able to fund the refugee crisis in the Ethiopian civil war. Phase three of Afropolitan begins in 2021 April, when Balaji Srinivasan, the former CTO of Coinbase, drops an article called How to Start a New Country. In this article, he proposes the idea of a network state, which is a highly aligned online community with a capacity for collective action that's able to crowdfund territory around the world and eventually gain diplomatic recognition from pre-existing states. I know it's mouthful. But basically, there was a particular quote in this article that really got my attention, where he says, because the brand new are thinkable, we fight over the old. And I felt like that encapsulated what I had felt as being an African in the world. We consistently fight over the old, and we're not necessarily able to transcend. And so what would it take for us to stop fighting over the old and do the brand new? So last December, I'm in Nairobi, Kenya, December 2021. I wake up at 5 a.m. I'm pacing the room paced for about an hour. My partner is like, hey, what's going on? I'm like, look, <laughs> I know how I would look at someone who's about to tell you what I'm about to tell you, but I think we need to start a new country. And she's <laughs> obviously, at that point, you're playing, you're playing with your life at that point. But I was like, what would be our why? You don't want to come across as a conspiracy, a conspiracy theorist, but what would be the why to start a new country? We drew some inspiration from the Federalist Papers from the American Founding Fathers. So in Federalist One, Anthony Hamilton basically says, is it possible for societies of men to form a new government through reflection and choice? Or are we forever destined to depend on our governance through accident and force? And we were like, damn, that's our why. No modern day nation state in Africa was created through reflection and choice. It has always been through accident and force. We did not get to reflect and we did not get to choose. And so we believe our dysfunction as a governance system is a feature, not a bug, right? Then moving forward, we believe then that if we could establish a network state where we get together folks who have shared purpose and values, we can create something that's much more better than the status quo. So how do we do that, right? We've put together four phases of our master plan. Phase one is building a private network of the best of the best Afghan and our diaspora have to offer across multiple sectors, art, finance, tech, media, et cetera, right? We seed that network with our passports, our first passports, Glad to report that we sold out of our first 500 digital passports, right, in phase one. In phase two, we're looking to then organize that internal economy in a digital nation through a super app. So you can imagine something similar to a WeChat out of China, but this time powered by crypto, right? You, you could do remittances back home, send money and, pay, and payments for goods and services through the Afropolitan digital currency as well. Phase three for us is what we're calling the minimum viable state which is before you can even become legitimate as a country, what are the things you're doing to establish credibility and legitimacy? So, oh, <laughs> sorry. So last December, sorry. Oh. okay, phase three. Before you can establish um, credibility, what are the things you're doing to make sure that people know that, okay, you're, you're a reliable institution? Last September, we got recognized by the New York Stock Exchange as the first ever internet country for the African diaspora. The New York Stock Exchange is a 200-year-old institution, right? Um, that legitimacy is something you're relying on today because they're giving you that credibility. Today, it's the New York Stock Exchange. Tomorrow, it could be the United Nations, right? Phase four for us is interesting. Th that's the land piece. We want to combine two concepts together. 
One is an embassy and the other one is a Chinatown. Take for example, the US embassy in Kigali right here is a sovereign territory in a host government. In Chinatowns, they have their own post office, their own malls, their own banking, a bunch of other services. We wanna combine those two concepts together for a sovereign Afrotown. So let's zoom out. You're an Afropolitan citizen. You navigate the world with your Afropolitan passport. You're able to make payments for goods and services using the Afropolitan app and the Afropolitan currency. You're also able to get physical entry into sovereign Afrotowns located across the world. The great African philosopher, Franz Fanon, once said, each generation must, out of relative obscurity, right, discover its mission, fulfill it, or betray it. At Afropolitan, we have discovered our mission. We invite you to join us as we strive to unlock abundance for Africans through reflection and choice. And most importantly, right, we are descendants of people who did more with less. We owe it to them to do more with more. Thank you. Thank you.